0: Welcome to Audio Squad. All right, Audio Squad, we got a very special guest today here on the podcast. This man is all over the place, left and right, front and center. He is the tour manager for the band Piebald, who you may have heard of, and he is the host of a podcast that I've been listening to for a long time called Two Week Notice. Please welcome Dana Bolin to the show, man. How you doing,
1: dude? Anthony, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me uh, i didn't realize you were like a long time listener either i don't think i knew that have we yeah, talked? yeah
0: i yeah so that's where this whole so you doing the show kind of stemmed from that I, I can't remember i think it was a drive through records facebook group uh you posted about episodes you had done with like Vinny and ace and i was like yeah i've, I've heard these love this show i do one too here's my show shameless plug oh
1: okay you you gotta forgive me. I am so bad hey. at match, matching these internet moments in people to like real life. Even now, we're still talking on the internet, but I can like see your face and you know what I'm trying to say, right?
0: Absolutely, it's the same thing when you go to shows and like you meet someone yes. from a band, right? And then you next time they come to the city, you're like, hey, I know I don't expect anybody to remember me, and I know sometimes bands are like, ah, uh, did we meet before? And like. <laughs> I'm not, like, mad. Like, I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, you don't remember that two-second interaction we had five years ago?
1: (laughs) There really are those people out there, and I always feel so bad, uh, especially, like, so with Piebald, you know, I've been touring with them almost ten years and doing their merch just as long, basically. And so I have regulars in a lot of cities, especially these repeat cities, even Boston, you know, like where we play the most, or New York or Philly or elsewhere people come up to the table and it's like i know you but like i don't know their name and uh, you know when you're on like a full tour i mean you, i'm talking to hundreds if not thousands of people a night and can i swear on, i can swear on here right? yes yes at fuck the yes. risk at the risk of sounding like douchey you know it's just i just can't i don't fucking know i always feel so bad because there are some people who are like dude you don't like remember you like usually i'll remember the conversation but i don't i i can't i'm getting
0: fucking old man <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah and then but i've also had instances too where like uh, through the two that pop into mind so gabe from midtown cobra starship um yeah. i went to see cartel and cobra starship play in like i think it was like 2007 i actually you know what it was like seventeen years ago to the day yesterday I got the reminder on that uh concert archives app. Have you used that at all? Uh not the app yours yours would probably be nuts because of the like with working now because so it's basically just like like I have a physical like photo book with ticket stubs from shows from like Me too. 05 yeah. on, but well, now a every box.
1: <laughs> right.
0: but yeah. Everything's like we'll call now, or just you scan your phone. You're not getting. I'm not getting tickets anymore. So what the app is, you can log your shows like how you would log vinyl on Discogs, basically. And like I went back and did all like from the beginning until now, and it'll give you reminders. It'll be like on this day, such and such time ago, you saw this band. So I went to see uh, Cartel, Cobra Starship, uh, Boys Like Girls, and Permanent Me was the full bill and it was at a venue called mr smalls and cobra played main support
1: oh i know uh pittsburgh or,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or Mel- melville melville Pit- yeah.
0: they bill it as pittsburgh sometimes but yeah, melville yeah last is...
1: time last time uh pieball rolled through there that's where we played
0: mr smalls theater cool yep i love that venue but um they played there and this was uh cobra only had their first album out and they were like Riding that snakes on a plane wave they had that song that was in the movie and it was all over the place and They did it they played that song and it was coming up to where uh, Travis from gym class heroes has a verse at the end of the song And Gabe was like yo, obviously Travis isn't here uh, Does anybody know the words to this song and I was up front, and like I love Midtown So I, I just loved Cobra by association, right? So I was like I also love gym class so I was like uh, I do I have a video, uh, an old video of it and like pictures. So Gabe pulls me up on stage and I did Travis's verse in the song. And then a- after the show, I was talking to Gabe, just like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he taught me the secret handshake for a Cobra Starship, which is just such a simple thing. But like the next time they came through after that, I didn't even like notice him. He came off the bus and he was like, yo, Anthony, you were that kid from Mr. Smalls, right? And I was like, nice. yeah. And yeah. then he came up to me and did the handshake thing and like every time they've come through he'll like see me and say what's up and same thing with um nick uh, thompson from hit the lights i saw them at a show it was over in the south side of pittsburgh and uh after me and my friend were just gonna go get pizza and we're walking and he comes up the other corner and was like hey you guys were at the show right and like mm-hmm. he was like i'm gonna go uh, i look really hungry i want to get pizza you guys know no good place and we we're like well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> we're going right over here. And he was super cool. He's just, he's just such a regular dude, right? No, like, ego with him. And he just chilled with us, and we'd come every time they'd come through, he would chill, say, what's up? So there, you got both ends of the spectrum there. But then you have people. I, I won't name the guy from the band because I don't want to, you know, get into any of that. But I did go see a different band in that same venue before, and after the show, this guy who was, like, part of his band were like disney channel people (laughs) they were opening for someone else i was going to see and he was just standing there up against like the post and i'm walking by and he goes hey man you want a picture and i was like is he talking like i I didn't look i wasn't like waiting to meet him like he just he asked me if i wanted a picture with him and i was like oh no thank you i appreciate it though (laughs) and i had on a uh glamour kills t-shirt was a clothing brand from all over the place in like mid 2000s and uh he was like, "You know, I'm sponsored by that clothing line, right?" And I was like, "Cool, cool." And it was just such a weird, <laughs> fucking yeah, interaction.
1: That's, that's really odd. I've never experienced anything like that. That last one, that's like really strange. Maybe he's lonely or something. But
0: I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, definitely after that tour, they weren't. They, they kind of got real big, but then fizzled out real fast. But you'll you have know, to it is what turn me it is. offline.
1: Who it is? I will. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I will. After we stop recording, and I want to ask yeah. you a couple things off mic, anyways. Also, yeah, so, I
1: could you know I could pick your brain too. Uh, I, can I just say some stuff about Gabe real quick in Midtown? Absolutely. I don't want to Please. mess up your flow though. So no, there, there's
0: no. Just I just want to have a conversation, like I said, just getting to know you, right, yeah. man.
1: Well, yeah, man. You said so many cool things in there. Um, I mean, I do remember a lot of people, for sure but i there's no way i can remember them all and if you think about it like it's the merch person is the like closest thing to access to the band typically i mean a lot of bands like the pieball guys they come out they'll come out and say hi like they're the coolest and a lot of bands are like that but when you get to a certain level it's not realistic you know if like I tore at the front bottoms, dude. If like Brian Sella came out and just hung out at the merch area, like the it would be chaos. <laughs> like you know, it just wouldn't work. Um, and also, like he's a human too. It's like so I understand why people you know, but some some people get upset about that. Probably the same people who get upset that like I don't remember the ex- their name and stuff. But I do always feel guilty because, like the connection you were talking about with gabe when he like hopped off the bus and remembered you you know and like remembered the handshake remembered it was at mr small's theater remembered like you exactly i know how impactful and meaningful that is like if that happens i've had stuff like that happen to me as a fan and it means so much so i guess i i just always feel bad when i never mind like working the merch table just in general like i i try like I bartended forever, so I was always trying to like remember names and stuff. But anyway, um, as far as Gabe, so Piebald, we just opened for Midtown at their holiday special six show. And well, I met Gabe when we were young, actually. I was hanging out with Vinny C and like Chris Conley, and like Gabe rolled up. I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> you know, for me because I'm a fan of right. all these people, but um, I was just hanging out with Vinny, but. Then at the show in New Jersey, the holiday show we just did, I was just setting up my merch, minding my own business. And he came out into the lobby before the doors opened. And he was so nice. He came up, like, went out of his way, was just like, hey, man, my name's Gabe. Like, he didn't remember me from when we were young. I didn't care. Like, I didn't expect him to, like we were talking about. But I was like, yeah, man, I'm Dana. We met a couple months back. Like, good to see you again. And he was just, like, saying the nicest things. He was just like, dude, thank you for being here. Um, he he was like, I'd love to buy that skull and crossbones piebald shirt. I was like, what size? Here you go. Like, I'm not gonna take your money. You know what I mean? It was cool and like, cause the piebald guys hadn't seen them in like 20 years, and it was cool watching them interact. I always love watching like piebald run into like Thursday or something like a band that they go back with, and just seeing the interactions. It's the the fan in me is just, like, fly on the wall. Like, this is so cool, you know? Yeah. And, uh like, Gabe was just like, yo, Travis, what up, my dude? Like, napping it up. I don't even think they were that – they weren't, like, that tight, but they played mad shows together, and when a lot of time goes by, how do you not, like, respect – have at least a common respect? You know what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and I think a Maybe lot of fans, too, from that time, like – just it, it, it's like you hear about like your closest friends you don't see them for a year but then the second you're back with them it's like you never stop it's probably the same thing for those guys and they've been through a lot with the ups and downs with this type of music too
1: could i tell you a, a quick story that the pie guys told me uh i was driving so we did a quick run uh what is it now february like two months yeah. ago we did a quick run in december with like eight shows one of them included that midtown show so we were driving where where are you from? I don't even know.
0: Pittsburgh area. I'm like 30 minutes outside of the city. Oh,
1: oh so you're still. I'm sorry. I, for some reason, I thought you were not still there. Okay. Um. So you're in Pittsburgh. All right. So we were. Well, Pennsylvania's huge. <laughs> but but uh, we were in. We were coming from, the Broken Goblet Brewery. It's like Philly area. Driving to Jersey. And I was like trying to just pull these old Midtown stories out of the guys while we're sitting in traffic and. Andy told his story one time they were opening for them, and Midtown had this, you know, big backdrop. And, you know, sometimes, like, the backdrop for, like, the headliner will be there, like, even for the opening bands. So, I don't know. Maybe it's funnier to me than anyone else, but they said, like, the backdrop had, like, the Midtown guys' like faces on it, and they just, like, took, like... Four paper plates and just drew like little sketches of their own faces and just like scotch taped them up for their set <laughs> That that's the story I, that's but so i was funny. like fucking crying <laughs> like, i thought that was so funny i don't know why is it
0: just me uh, no that's very funny because like you see things <laughs> like like from something like i've been going to shows forever and i i've seen things like that before the one banner is up the whole time and you're like this is odd. It's just funny because everyone else is just pushed up front with that. It's funny that they had the thought, like, I'm going to draw us on this and it's put so, it on there.
1: so funny. I th- I mean, I keep trying to – I'm trying to get us to get a banner because sometimes we'll – I don't know. Especially, like, if you're a support – like, say we're – like, when we're on tour with Dashboard Confessional, for example, we should have had a big-ass banner that just said Piebald for all those shows, in my opinion. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. And we're not doing anything like because if it's a headliner, I guess you don't really need it. Right. People showing up probably know, But anyway, you got to keep me you got to
0: keep me uh, on track here because I'll, I'll go off, Anthony. Well, uh, there, there's no <laughs> real track here, my man. So we're, we're cruising. Um, I started just thinking about when you're talking about that, like things like banners and that used to be, I feel like a bigger deal than they are now. I mean, like now, too, you got a lot of places that have like, these digital Boards behind them Where they'll just Change in between bands But I remember Just like going to shows When I was younger And just like Watching the stage People just like Set up the next There were It was like A thing made of like PVC pipe And they were just like Draping the stuff over it, Like the banners And we're like Oh who is this Who's coming next
1: Yeah well I mean There's like Fire codes and shit now So That doesn't yeah. always You know Fly um, Or it, I mean They had fire codes Back then too but how old are you? 34. 34. Okay, we're close in age. I'm 38. But, uh, yeah, dude, like, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess and I, I like, don't know why we're talking about banners, but I really <laughs> just, want Pieball to get one.
0: You got to do it. This is the sign. You got
1: to tell it. But it's him. also like, uh, I'm trying. It, well, I mean, the thing for me with them is like, you know, you got the four dudes in the band, and then me. I'm like, kind of like... The fifth member? Travis, actually, on stage uh, on the last tour. I think it was, like, Baltimore. I was having a rough day, too. So, like, he's, he's just so thoughtful and genuine and, like, the sweetest human in the world in this way. I think he sensed maybe I was having an off day or something. And, like, on the stage when I came up to play the fucking cowbell, you know, he usually just at least introduce me. And he was just like, this is Dana. And he is the fifth member of High
0: well, see, Dude, I was like... No, there's no question. You I have was steak. Like
1: t- almost in tears, man. That meant so much to me. For him to not only say it, but, like, to say it, and say it in front of the band, and then say it, like, to that crowd, yeah,
0: it was and like... And that even, still that circles back to what we were talking about with those moments, like, with people in these bands, and, like, even mm-hmm. still, and I love hearing that from you, because you're now, like, working alongside them, and you still get that feeling, those emotional moments, like... I remember, like, getting choked up when I went to see what I thought was the Starting Lines last show. It was also at that same venue, Mr. Smalls. Um, I went to see Say Anything play a show up at a college uh, right before the release of their self-titled album. Oh, and cool. uh, Max was playing Sorry. I Want to Know Your Plans. Oh eight, oh nine, 09-ish? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. And Max was playing I Want to Know Your Plans, just him with an electric guitar. He played that like last. And then um, I had been, I knew the two songs that they had put out from that record so far were like Hate Everyone and uh, Do Better, I think. And I was just like up front jamming to those. And he jumps down from after playing the show and just hands me the pick. And he was like, thanks for learning the new songs, dude. It means a lot. Not everybody does that anymore. Just little things like that are just really cool, and that's what I love about this this music and these collection of bands and stuff that you stick with forever.
1: Yeah, brother, and you know what? That, like, you knowing those songs, showing up, buying a ticket, like, getting there front row, and then singing along, that, that meant probably more to him than him just saying hello and thank you did to you, or just as much, you know? like Like you mentioned earlier... Um, like just how it's cool when someone's just a regular person and yeah it's most people are you know most people are cool you'll come across not just in the music industry just any all walks of life you come across douchebags and I mean but I can be an asshole right we all have bad days so I try to even though even if it's someone who like I know is like an asshole probably I still like I don't know I, I, I think I'm Generally, pretty like positive, like high spirited. I have my, you know, what I, you know, what like gets the best of me is like technology shit. I'll scream at my computer, like, and then, like, and then I'll like catch myself and be like, that's like insane. Like, if somebody (laughs) heard me, like, it would be like really embarrassing. Like, like, if, like, I, I try to imagine, like, yo, what if you just saw a video of yourself and how you're reacting right now? You would probably like, it would really make you think differently and try to like fix that do you know what i
0: mean yeah and i mean i had like an old man shouting moment in my car the other morning i'm pulling into work the car yeah
1: that'll do it too <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like it's early as hell right it's like 5 30 in the morning no one's out i'm at a red light that takes it's this one that takes forever to turn green and there's a gas station across the street it's got like the led going across so i see the gas price and it's like close to four dollars and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. The gas is going up. And then across the board, it's like, buy your vape products here. Get a free coffee with the purchase of a lottery ticket. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, so you just got mad at the world. Yeah, for no reason. I think it was just because I was tired didn't <laughs> want to go to work. <laughs> no, I'm but... like, you're shoving vapes down my throat at 5 in the morning? What are we doing? <laughs> Four dollar gallon gas in lottery. You get tickets. your watered down coffee if you buy a lottery ticket.
1: All this fucking corporate bullshit. <laughs> I get that, and I can get upset with that stuff too. But as far as like temper, I'm pretty cool with like people. You know, like it's if someone someone can like be a real asshole to me, and I somehow like I'll stay cool, and i don't even know like how like i can't explain it but computer shit or like or like like trying to figure out a fucking password for something and like just going down that rabbit hole of having to get the email and then like that the link doesn't work and then like the old password doesn't work and then the new password doesn't work like that's the stuff that like
0: and dude uh, i need to like
1: like remind myself to like breathe You know what
0: I mean? At my job now, so part of the thing that I do at work, um, I instruct a – like I got certified to teach a soldering class. And people come in, and they have to set up for it, right? They have to do the, like, online testing. And sometimes I have people in there that are, like, a little bit older, like 50, 60 years old, and it comes to the time to make a password for this thing. Dude, and even, like, I, like, laugh at it. It's so ridiculous. Now, it's, like, two capital letters, one lowercase letter, a special character – 10 Uh, characters. Five five (laughs) drops of blood. It's just insane.
1: Yeah, Yeah, dude. And like, I mean, I have like a, probably like everyone, I have like the notes app and I have, you know, a -hmm. whole list of passwords. But like, half the time, it's an old password that I had to update at some point, but I didn't put the new one in. Change it. Yep. Yeah. So it was just like, what the fuck? I was doing something. Oh, so right now I'm up I got a ski condo up in New Hampshire, kid. So I'm up I'm up at my ski place in the White Mountains of New Hampshire right now, right? And like so they have this new like cuz Vail Resorts they like they're like the Walmart of like ski resorts. They like oh they bought out they're buying out everybody, which is great for like my property value cuz the mountains right behind me. But like they're on this new system where like so they I get a season pass, right? So they give you the card, just, like, uh, looks like a license or something, and you can, like, put it anywhere on your person. And when you, like, walk up to the fucking ski lift, they just hold the scanner out, and it's supposed to just beep, and, like, you're all set. Half the time, like, I put it, I have this, like, pocket, like, in my my uh, sleeve. It's, like, uh, so I just put it in there, and I just hold out my fucking thing. But it, like, doesn't work. It'll work the first run, and then... But there's also an an app. And you can open the app and your season pass is loaded on that. And you're supposed to not need the card that they give you. But they like fucking cancel each other out, dude. Every fucking day. <laughs> like, I, like they told, like, I don't know, my card wasn't working one day. So they're like, sign into the app. And I'm like standing in the lift line. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just want to go up to the, I paid you like five, $600 for the season pass. I don't want to stand here and sign up for a fucking app. You're killing me. Can I just go skiing, dude? Please, like, please let me, like, go. Like, like just a couple of years ago, they would just put a tag on your fucking jacket, dude. And, oh, yep, oh, it has the date on it. You're all set. Yeah. That's today's date. Like, what are we doing here? We're complicated And that's what, it, so,
0: like, so, side story sort of related. I haven't thought about this in years. So when I was in, like, eighth grade, like, in, like, middle school, they had, uh, they called it the ski club. And there was a teacher that, like, did it all, and he was like, yeah, you can go. We're going to go to Seven Springs every time we make enough money after a fundraiser. So I would do the fundraisers, right? My mom would sell hoagies. She worked at a bar, so she would just take the thing there, set it on the bar. People would stammer over and order 10 hoagies, and yeah. I had my money for the ski trip. So, But I wanted to snowboard because I was a skateboard kid. So I was like, oh, I want to yeah. go, but I want to snowboard because I I'd never skied in my life. I've never I never like, actually skied either. I
1: just use it as, like, the verb. I've only snowboarded but go on
0: so the our teacher when we went the first time he was like i want everyone that's going to snowboard to just do me a favor please just try skiing i you don't have to do it the whole time just i want you to grab a pair and head out they called it the bunny hill it was like right outside Mm. the door after you got your stuff to you to just like kind of test test it out on or whatever Mm. so i get the skis i go nightmare dude i'm south park pizza french (laughs) fry all over the place i'm like this is garbage so I go in, and I get the snowboard. Now, again, this was just my, like, ignorance at the time, not really knowing anything other than just, like, I would watch skate videos, and I have just figured out how to ride a skateboard and do stuff, right? So I go in, and the guy's like, are you regular or goofy? I had no clue what that meant. Not a clue. I did not know that that was your foot Full-breed. stance. Oh, eighth, dude. I don't know. Whatever the math is in eighth grade. I was probably, like, 13. 13, some 12, 13. Yeah, probably 13. yeah. So well, I was. I mean, that's
1: a thing in isn't it, that's a thing in skateboarding too. It right? is. Right? But it's again, like, I didn't just know
0: didn't... that. Yeah. I mean, I had all I ever did was just that's watch right. skate videos of people doing stuff. Like they never stopped and said, "This, is, hi, welcome to right. this video. Here's <laughs> what this means. It's <laughs> it's
1: means." Instructional. Yeah. Right.
0: So <laughs> I, in my head, goofy was you're gonna do tricks and shit on ramps, and regular was you're just gonna go on the hills. Also, oh, like so, street
1: street versus right like, right.
0: Ramp, or right. what is it? Wait, is vert. Call it? Street versus park, or
1: whatever. Yeah, I think
0: they call it. I mean, I remember it being called vert. No, no, is what they would say it is for vert. Ramp. Sorry,
1: you're right. It's street vert, and then snowboarding, it's park. But okay, that makes so sense.
0: So, I was like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I want to jump off some ramps. So I was a like, goofy for sure, dude. So he gives me the board, <laughs> and then I go out and I try to. I'm trying to stand on it, regular stance, because that's what I do. I push with my right oh, foot, no. so I'm like oh my boots this sports defective oh, you are all backwards dude Dude, so then i go back in like a big asshole i was like hey man this um, this board's broke i can't click my boots in here oh, and he's like God. are you regular stance i was like stance and then he was cool though he gave me like a whole education but then the funniest part about this was so at the time nowadays they have it's like uh, kind of like uh looks like um like a treadmill what you step on and it takes you back yeah, up yeah. the it's little hill.
1: S- it's a snow belt. Okay. They call it. So the the, but, the belt that takes you up the bunny, mm-hmm, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, but when I had went that first time, it wasn't like that. It was this little like pulley system thing with these like stick looking things hung yeah, off, a, and you held onto it. Like and the it old pulled hall, you up. um
1: Oh my, I can't even think of what that's called. What do they call that? Oh my god. Uh, rope toe. Yeah. It's called a rope toe. So. so
0: I had on a big puffy. Those are fucking hard, man. Dude, and so I had on this big puffy pullover coat, right? With like the pouch (laughs) pocket at the front. So I go ahead and I grab my thing and it somehow slips. It's no worse. It slips into the front pocket of my jacket and I can't get it out. I'm getting pulled up by my stomach like this. (laughs) It's like Titanic. I'm on the front just getting pulled up the hill and I'm watching at the top. There's just this big wheel that's making it go. And I'm like, I'm going to die. This, oh. It's final destination. I'm going to get sucked into this thing and turn into pieces. <laughs> so I slid out of my jacket because I'm like, I'm not dying here and at the, on this hill. So I get out of my jacket and like right right after I get out, no joke, the wheel just goes and my jacket, you just see feathers go poof. Dude. My jacket was destroyed. Pieces everywhere. And I'm standing there in my uh, Blink t-shirt freezing. And the guy from Seven Springs is like, it's just dude, the hair and he's like whoa <laughs> he goes are you okay dude i was like uh yeah i'm cold and that was my jacket so the, the resort like they saw what happened and they just gave me like a nice swank jacket from there which was cool but i was like yeah i don't uh <laughs> i don't want to go up that thing anymore that was a nightmare dude uh
1: wow uh good heads up uh reaction there on you know like just kind of sliding out of the jacket Sucks you couldn't just take it out of your
0: pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried so well, hard. I was doing like that. carrying you, too. It was, like, lifting. It, yeah, it, it's pulling me up by the front of my jacket.
1: I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I've only actually been done a rope toe myself one time. And I, I fucked it up. And at this point, I was, like, a, you know, a great snowboarder. But, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's been a while since I've done this, but like sometimes I'll still fall off, get like getting off the chairlift up top. It happened. Like if you're like, if you're in a full chair and like there's a snowboard skier, snowboard skier, you're all next to each other and trying to get off the chair at the same time. There's videos of it online all the time. Like if you go through Instagram reels or whatever, but the rope toe, like it like carried me not as bad as your story, but it was like right in front of like the bar and like the, the deck and it was like spring skiing so there's like people out on the deck like drinking beers and like just look it's like uh, if you golf when you tee off like the first hole everyone's watching you that's where this rope toe was so there's like at least a dozen people watching me and like I don't know I just got all hung up on the thing and I like couldn't figure out how to get on it and I just like fell off it was just this whole dramatic thing and I like fell off into this little like creek and it was just uh, you know it hurt my it hurt. Um, it hurt me on the inside. It hurt my ego more than anything else. <laughs> that yeah. happened. Do I still have a black eye? I think it's like going away, or almost gone. I can't really see it. I think it's gone, but I can still feel it a little bit. Um, I was just out on tour with Hot Rod Circuit, selling merch for them, and
0: yeah, very I was... jealous. I saw you got a copy of the record. Dude, that
1: oh, they're so fucking good. That band is so good. Um, but like, so I'm working merch, and I was in New York, in like a homie of mine was like saying goodbye. He's like, "Oh, I'm leaving. Like goodbye." And I had a whole a, a busy ass line. I went to go give him a hug. I should have just said bye. But there was some there was like stanchion, like a bank rope, like thingy. Mm-hmm. So I I had to go duck under it, but cuz I was so busy, I was like moving really fast. And I went to go duck under that stanchion like real quick, and I just fucking and I had glasses on and I slammed the lens of my glasses right into the corner of the merch table which the room was like dark and it was a it was a black tablecloth but i'm making excuses it was just like it was my fault but like so i slammed it like popped out the lens of my glasses and what ended up happening was like you know the lens popped in and like really stabbed me like right under my eye so i don't know it hurt but like in that moment the adrenaline's going and like, it didn't hurt right then. But like, you know, th- I had a line of like, whatever, a dozen people or, or more that all just saw me just like <laughs> slam my fucking face right on this table. A glass, it was a whole thing. I'm-, I'm holding up the line because I have to like fix my glass. I'm like, oh, I can't see. It was like really embarrassing. And then like, I was like, uh, after the show, hanging out with the hut rug guys. And I'm like, yo, do I have a black eye? What's going on? And they thought I was, like, joking. And then, like, the next day, dude, like, ba- like I'll show you a picture later. But, like, crazy black guy that just finally went away. I was so embarrassed. I was too embarrassed to even, like, post it <laughs> online. I was like, it hurt my ego just, like, doing <laughs> yeah. that in front of the whole fucking line, you know. I kicked my just-
0: own ass accidentally.
1: And then just talking to people. Like, whether it's just, like, going to a store or just, like, someone, you know, I'm being introduced to people or at the merch table. It's, like... I know you're looking at my black eye, dog. No, Not one person like asked about it. Nobody.
0: You should have got so, an eye patch.
1: Yeah, but no, because then I wouldn't be able to see. Come here. Yeah, but you would have looked cool. You're right.
0: You're right. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I just want to have a conversation with you, kind of get to know you, which, I mean, we're already doing. But to relate it back to, like, music, which is what we both like talking about and doing here, your story's kind of been told. I've heard you tell it on a few other podcasts on your own as well about wait, going wait. from you hold
1: on you've heard me on other podcasts too
0: yeah dude that's cool i thank
1: you i you know that just means a lot that, we haven't met in person right we haven't
0: no nope. you don't remember
1: <laughs> I, oh my god yeah no no, no. <laughs> that was perfect dude, no, you meant the like, world to me i i don't know i don't know man like because i i do these guest spots i've probably done like a dozen or so now but I don't know if people listen to those because when I'm posting about my own podcast on the socials, you know what I mean? It's just like I get in my head. I'm like, is this like annoying? Like I don't want to like bombard your feed. But at the same time, people can just not look at my story or whatever. But yeah, I'll post like a guest spot of me on another podcast. That's cool that you listen to those ones too. Thank you. That's awesome. No, like, and to I me, hope you dude- found
0: other shows – what were you going to say? Yeah, no, for sure. Well, What I was going to say was, to me, like, with this now, like, I grew up, like, loving this, like, music. Anything I can, I'm watching DVDs if I can get them, and then, like, the internet became a thing, going online watching stuff, listening to stuff, reading interviews and in magazines, and then now it's podcast. And, like, to me, it's like when I find a show that I like, like yours, it's the same as you find movies you like, and you want to see what else that director's done. So, I'll like, when your name comes up on stuff, i'm wanting to check it out so
1: that's cool man Th- uh, made my day thank you do you oh, remember you. i like to ask people do you know like what the first episode that like that drew you in was yes actually i Which believe one? it was jack from bayside oh uh, wow that so that was the uh, one of the first music interviews i did cuz wow. I'm a
0: Bayside's my favorite band. So I'm always so looking for interviews from them. So you're gonna, I well then
1: that's so funny, man. I have to actually message him today. He's coming back on the podcast like this week. We're going to record because awesome. uh, we got the tour coming up. So I was like, yo, yeah. yeah. And Jack is the best. He is like, I mean, I love all those guys, but well, I mean, first of all, he's a Massachusetts guy, you know? So there's that connection, but he's also just like the nicest like, just happiest, like, uh, friendliest fucking human. And he's, like, a partier. We both, like, drink beers and stuff. And, like, he's just, like, one of my favorite people I've ever met, like, in this music world. I love him. I love that band. But Jack is the
0: fucking man, dude. Yeah, he. What's anytime cool? I've met them, he's just been super cool. I absolutely he's the best. agree.
1: Like, I, you know, I had only met him before I toured with them last year. I had only met him like you and I right now on Zoom. Uh, I I I ran into him like a quick hello maybe, but when I when he found out I was on the tour, like my first day in, he like gave me a huge hug. Like I I've never felt so welcome. I didn't I didn't know many people. Well, I, I, actually, I am the Avalanche was on that tour, and I knew Vinny of course, and like um, a couple of those guys, but. You know what i mean like i didn't know the bass guys, and i look just like you they've been one of my favorite bands forever so i was like not nervous but definitely like you know just like kind of being quiet and just keeping to myself and he just came over gave me a big hug and then like when we were in boston his family was there we were after the show he's like and his friends he's like introducing me to like, his family and friends saying all this nice stuff about me as he introduces. It was just, like, what a fucking gentleman this guy is. Like, I I, I just love encountering people like that. I strive to be that way myself because I know how, how, like, impactful it is uh, on the other side, if that makes sense, you know?
0: Yeah, and, like, while you were saying that, dude, like, what I'm thinking is, like, when you have those moments, too, when you're, like, I'm here, but I'm like, am I peers with these people? And that's honestly how I felt. Like, when you hit me up and were like, yo, I would, I dig what you're doing and I'll hop on anytime. I was like, wait a minute. I've been listening to this guy's show for a long time. And then now he's like talking to me and I'm like setting stuff up with him. And I'm like, am I peers with him? (laughs) You know what I mean? And stuff like that is always really cool. Of course,
1: you are. I'm, I'm no better than anybody. You know, we're all humans and stuff to put it simply. But yeah, like I'm trying to remember what, or like what it was or how I found your show. I, I honestly, and I didn't even piece together the, the Facebook conversation that we had and the Instagram. Like I'm really bad at even matching those people, like those accounts up, like with the same person. I don't fucking know, dude, it's too much <laughs> for me. It really is. But I, I just try to be friendly to everyone and I am always happy to have conversations, and I do get a lot of messages just like people walking up to the merch table. I don't fucking know. I'm happy to talk to you, but I might not know who everyone is. You, you know what I mean. But, right. uh, yeah, I listened to... I was listening to another one today. I, I don't remember what... I think it was... I don't remember which one. But, yeah, I listened to it before, and then another one today. And I just... I'm like, this dude is just a genuine music fan. It really, like... It really comes through. You can tell and I just wish I could remember because it's you know so many there's so many like people who are doing podcasts like just in our world like the scene or whatever there's so many of them and I think it's great there's room for everybody you know and I love connecting with fellow podcasters because I've been in your position where like someone who's doing it a bit longer has helped me and vice versa, like pay it forward kind of thing. So I'm always like available if you ever, not to say I'm better than you or I, I know more than you. I'm sure there's stuff you know that I don't. And I think the point I'm trying to make, it's good to just like connect and network and like be available for those. Th- I think maybe that's why people like having me on because I'll reach out to other podcasters just to say hi, you know, if if I like what they're doing. And just be like, hey, like it's good to connect. You know what I mean?
0: And I I think it's the same. Podcasting's the same as any other art form, like bands. Like when you're a younger band and you're starting out and you're on these opening slots on tours, you want to learn from the people who have been doing it a long time. It's the same thing. Yeah.
1: And there's also bands who will, you know, bring in someone to do like support them and you'll learn from each other, you know? Right. So it, it doesn't necessarily just because someone is the headliner or whatever or been doing it longer doesn't – it's it's not the end-all, be-all. Is that, is that the phrase? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say, I think.
0: Yeah. It's not but, what you're going to – it's not your glass ceiling. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't mean like – well, all right. Going back to what you
1: said, the peers thing. It doesn't – like I'm not on a pedestal. I'm not. I'm just – I'm a dude like you. And I'm a few years older and maybe I just got into it sooner, but I don't know.
0: But like, I think for me too, it's, it's one of those, it's like a little benchmark thing that makes it real to me. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm now I'm in this space and I'm kind of with people that I like look up to in this space, you know what I mean? And it's like, kind of like a little bit of like internal validation a little bit, not that like, I would not do it if you never like reached out to me, you know what I mean? But like, it's just little things like that that you're like, oh, okay, well I'm doing something right. You know what I mean?
1: I, I know exactly what you mean and you are the first and foremost you're 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 honest and you're a fan and you have passion and what I love is like you talk about new music and stuff you know there's a lot of people in this world i I'm gonna try to keep this very vague because I don't want to like talk shit but sometimes I come across people and I'm like I do you even listen to music like why are you here? Like, do you listen to this music? Like, why are you at this show? I I guess I don't know how to explain that without without getting specific. But um, I I guess maybe the moral of the story is, like, you can pretty much tell when someone is sincere and honest and, like, passionate versus, like, a bullshitter, you know? Right. And even the bullshitters, I still think i kind of get sad for them it's like you know are you okay what are you doing <laughs> like what like what makes you happy you know I, you know what i mean i don't know i just want people to be happy and just like be good to each other that's the hippie me talking
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have that it could be way worse
1: but like uh, yeah it could exactly dude just life is hard enough like why add being shitty to each other to it you know we need each other i think Like, as humans, you need human, fellow human connection. And uh, I'm not perfect. Like I said, I'll yell at my fucking computer all day. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. We all have bad days, but I just try Like, even talking to you now, like, not that I was, like, bumming before, but I was a little, like, strung out because I just finished this Mom Jeans episode, and it took me, like, right up until we were talking. And I was, like, kind of, like just zoning out from that now that i'm talking to you i'm like back to earth which feels nice but what were you gonna say
0: Uh, i was just gonna say so like jumping back into like your story and stuff i kind of would like to ask some things about before you got to that point because obviously your love for this started before that while you were in this previous job so what was like what would you say was your first band that you felt like was yours it's like and what i mean by that is like Obviously we all grow up and we hear music on TV or the radio at the time and all that stuff but then you start to find that those artists that you really resonate with and that kind of opens the floodgates for you. What would you say was yours?
1: Yeah man, it's a good question. Uh either Piebald or Taking Back Sunday. I would I mean more so Piebald because Taking Back Sunday blew up so fast. But I was definitely like the one who not that it matters, but I was the one like i I was on that taking back Sunday, tell all your friends like like very early on, and I was showing all my friends this this c d and I just remember at first listen and I was in a band at the time in high school with these kids, and they hate they're like this is terrible, and then you know, like a few months later it's like their favorite band it's like Motherfucker, I told you. <laughs> so, like, it's like those moments where it's like, that's what I've been trying to say. But that's like some petty, like, kid stuff at the same time. Right. But, like, I remember, to answer, like, your specific question, I remember when they blew up and, uh, like, still being, I don't know, I was like, whatever, a teenager, I guess. And, and like, all these people who I was trying to tell that did not like, I would play it in my car. They'd be like, I don't really like it. All those all those people like love, like love, grew to love Taking Back Sunday. There's nothing wrong with that because we've all listened to a band or an album or just a song where you don't like it at first, and then it grows on you, and then you're like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever heard.
0: So I'm literally going through that right now, and it's not that when I first listened to them I didn't like them. I just – it didn't – grab me you know what i mean sometimes you'll have that you'll listen to a band yeah. and it's just for whatever reason it's not the time for you to start listening to them it could be your mood it could be yeah it could just be a bad time in your life it right could be, but it i'm could like be, yeah who is getting it? heavy into alkaline trio right now oh yeah that's yeah
1: awesome awesome
0: because that that new record came out and i just like i heard the singles and i was something about them was just like ooh, i really like these and i think a small part of it too is probably so like For me, those original bands that, like, took me off of whatever into the world that, like, the things I started loving was Blink and New Found Glory. Because when I was, like, younger, those were the ones that I saw in that, like, on TV and things like that. But then, like, you buy the albums, you see the thank yous. That's what I was big on that. I would always read the liner notes and find other bands that way. Like, New Found Glory, Sticks and Stones came with a sampler CD that had other bands on it. And that's how I found out about like the Starting Line and H Two O and other bands like that. But um,
1: I totally forget what I was saying. I don't think my copy came with that sampler. I CD. think it
0: was a reissue. Like the initial okay. run didn't have it, but they okay. like put it back out because it started selling well. You were talking and about then...
1: Echolyn Trio though before that.
0: So I mm-hmm. think I grew a soft spot for Skiba after his stint with Blink, which sure. I. And like I know a lot of people were like, it's not Blink without Tom, which like I get it, but like I genuinely enjoy the two records that they did with Skiba, and I thought he brought a lot to their live show. So I think that part of me was like, oh, this guy, you know, he really like helped carry Blink, so they didn't like just dissolve. And then that Ooh. coupled with the new songs were just really, really good. And then I've just went, I've gone back now. I'm like loving the old records. So I'm late to the party, but I'm glad I'm here,
1: dude. Better late than never, fashionably late. We'll go with that. Yes, <laughs> I, I roll up fashionably late in all sorts of different uh, areas in my life. Whether it's literally on this podcast just now, <laughs> or, or like disco- like discovering a band late. Like I just discovered Citizen last year. I'm fucking obsessed with them. They're so. Or, yeah. or m- have you listened to Movements? Oh my god. Oh yeah, I love Movements. Dude. Okay, I didn't know them until when we were young, like a few months ago. All right. So like on Spotify, they would come up and like, you know, like sometimes when you don't even want to like random shuffle, it'll just do it anyway. And you're like, what the fuck? I put on this album and now it's playing like a different band. But like it was something like that. And like anytime, uh, like if there's a song I really like, I'm like, oh, who's this? So I was having those moments with movements, but I I never like stopped and like played one of their records and then at when we were young, uh, we were talking about say anything. So, at uh, this was what, what it's February, right? This was this past yeah. October. I was on tour with the Front Bottoms, so on our stage it went. What was the order? It went, Front Bottoms, movements, then say anything. <sighs>
0: What a triple header
1: there. So, oh, yeah. Oh, and then the stage, like right next door, Saves the Day was playing at the same time as Front Bottoms, which is just a crime. should be a crime. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because, like, I mean, I, at that point, I'm seeing the Front Bottoms every single night, but I don't get sick of it. However, I want to always watch their set and, like, just, I feel like uh, I'm there with them and I have their back, you it's know? Kind of like, funny,
0: too. The first time I saw the Front Bottoms was with Say Anything.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm almost a hundred percent positive that that was the first time I saw them too, like ten years ago. Me and Me and Brian talked about this on my podcast actually. I think I saw them with Brand New too. I realized after, and I couldn't remember which one was first, but I think it had to be the Say Anything one first. But so like, but like Saves the Day is playing these shows for the first. Well, I hadn't seen. I I love Saves the Day. One of my favorite bands ever. And, you know, they didn't play shows for a few years. And so for them to, like, be, you know, playing at the same time, I literally, I was walking back and forth because they were uh, not, like, you remember Warp Tour where they'd be right next to each other? It wasn't quite like that. But it was, like, I don't know, a football field's length away or something. And so I just, like, would watch a couple songs and go over watch a couple songs and go over and just kind of stand on the outside of both crowds back and forth. But, um, point being, I was after the front bottoms were done and I would do, I started eating these mushroom chocolates, chocolate, like, you know, like, like psychedelic mushrooms is, <laughs> uh, I'm like not tripping, but like, you know, kind of on mushrooms. And I fucking, Go up uh, side stage just because I wanted to get a good spot for Say Anything. Like, but Movements was playing. And holy fuck, they blew my mind. They were so, so good. And I'm looking around, too. Like, when you watch a band side stage at, like, a festival like that, uh, you know, you, you got people in and out. And, like, I've just... It, it, it was, like, all fans of theirs. Like, every single person was singing. And there were maybe a dozen people or more side stage just singing every song. And I just kept looking at everyone being, like, they could tell, like, like uh, this guy's, he, he's, he, he's new, but he, he's, in, he's in, you know. And then the next night, I watched him again, like, from the crowd just to, you know, it sounds better out there. And I'm obsessed with them. I, like I love the new record uh, I met uh, fucking Pat the singer on the second night and I asked him to do my podcast because so on stage that night he gave shout outs to Joyce Manor Front Bottoms, Citizen and a couple other people and it was like all um, bands where I've had someone from that band on my podcast so I used that to my uh, my advantage I was like yo dude I got a podcast. I know everyone has a podcast nowadays. But like cuz he was trying to just leave, you know, I didn't want to like punish him. So I was trying to be quick with my pitch and I was just like, but I've had like so and so from Citizen Front Bottoms blah blah blah, Joyce Manor. He goes, "Oh, if you've had all of them, then I'm in like 100%. Like let's do it. Hit up my manager." So I d- I emailed his manager and then long long story, fucking short like there was this one little window where I think I I think I missed my Cause it's it's not working out, and I'm like, not to be greedy because I'm so grateful. <laughs> and I don't want, honestly, I don't want someone to come on the podcast who doesn't want to come on the podcast. Right. But like, I was like, I thought, I you know, I was really excited about that one because they just blew my mind, and I, I just love that band. I've been yeah, they're really cool. I remember obsessed.
0: the first time I saw something about them was, uh, I think this is still a thing, maybe not as prevalent now, but like people used to do like a sponsored ad on Facebook where you could pay to have like your stuff would be shown to certain people for whatever yeah, time. And they, they popped up as was, like sponsored and it was like, you may like this because you like whatever. And I like didn't even check it out. I was like, I'm not checking out a sponsored ad. Scroll. So, but mm-hmm. then like a few months after that, I went to see Census Fail when they did the tour for where they played uh, Still Searching in full. And Movements opened on that tour. Yeah. And I saw was, them like, and I was 20... like- 15, 16? something like. Time is an were, illusion anymore. I were, don't
1: know. <laughs> I only know this because, um, I was at lunch at when we were young. After I saw them the first night, excuse me, I had to cough, so I muted my mic. After I saw them the first the first night, and I'm sitting around with like the front bottoms people, and I was just like, "Yo, I saw movements last night. Oh my god, that band's incredible!" Do you like? do you guys know about this band <laughs> yeah you know? and um the front bottoms merch guy my homie colin he's like yeah uh, actually their first like big tour ever i was doing merch for census fail and they were opening so it has to be the same tour that you're talking yeah. about he's like they were brand new then but like it was they were really good even back then he's like they yeah were... that's
0: what i was gonna say they were t- i was like is this a new band yeah
1: like, I, you know, I don't even know their history, um, like, as far as whether or not they were or what bands they might have been in before and stuff. I don't even know. Like, somehow that missed my radar. And it's kind of like when something like that happens, sometimes I'm like, how did I fucking miss this band? How? But it's also like, how can you catch everything? I feel like that's one I should have caught. Same with Citizen, you know, or like my favorite band. Aside from Piebald, they're my favorite band in the world. Uh, but Joyce Manor, man, like, Joyce Manor is unbelievable. And, like, I didn't, I mean, I had listened to them, but it wasn't until I toured with them, like, two years ago. That, and they've been around for, like, a lot longer than that, like, 12, 15 years or something. Like, I just had never seen them and just, I don't know, I was just like, how did I not know how good this band is?
0: Okay. Well, it happens all the time. It goes from newer, but then again, like I said with Trio, but I also – it was funny. You brought up Saves the Day. I kind of – I didn't get into Saves the Day until a little bit later because – so, Oh, wow. Like, wow. growing up, like, I didn't – my age, like, bro. That's
1: funny. <laughs> so like – if
0: you, if you said Piebald, all right, that's fair. Like, they didn't get as big, but Saves the Day, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, for me, like, I didn't have, like – I don't know if it was, like, we just got, like, the internet, like, later – too so i didn't know about a lot of these bands either so like my first recollection of like i was asking about like your like the first band you felt was yours so like i said for me it was like blink and newfound because i saw them on tv on mtv right i'd see the videos and i was like oh i like this i don't know this is different than everything else on here but i know i really like this so i kind of like sunk my teeth into that but again, I didn't, we didn't have like a, our first desktop computer that we had as like a family was this, it was called a Tandy and all you could do on it was play Hangman and it sucked. And then we finally get a real one and like we had dial up from, it wasn't even like real dial up, it was from, so there's that video store chain family video. They, for some reason, had dial up internet service there. You could rent a movie and then get dial up. So my parents were like, oh, this is cheap, let's get that. And it was trash. So I was, like, a little bit late to all of that stuff within that scene and he, not hearing ones that weren't, like, beat you weren't over your head or, shows like.
1: shows and, and stuff? So or?
0: the first show I ever went to was uh, – it was Blink, Green Day, and Saves the Day when they did the uh, – it was, like, the Pop Disaster tour. Yeah. But then yep. after that – as I all went right. to that with my cousin. Oh, but I'm after that – My mom – My mom wouldn't let me go
1: because I I had really, really bad grades to the point where I had to be on a weekly progress report, and it was every Friday, so the results of my progress report would determine whether or not I could, like, go outside that weekend, and thinking back, I was just, it's funny, I was just talking to my mom on either Christmas or Thanksgiving about this. It's just like, why didn't I just leave? I used to sneak out all the time for, just like, to go meet up with my friends. Like, I... I literally could have just said I was like sleeping over someone's house or I could have just like just went, you know what I mean? I had friends that want like offered to take me, but I cut you off, but it's just like Something? funny thinking back. Like I literally could have like I could have just like left the house and just went, you know. But uh Yeah. Yeah. So, Wait, so I you did went that
0: to, you went to that? I did like, and, and it that's was not insane. That late. But that's after that, like that though it was like a long gap before I would go to a show again because, like, my my parents again, like, oh, they never like they didn't drive into the city. That wasn't their deal. So I d- I really didn't have same. a way to or means to. So because I went right. to that with my cousin, I came home smelling like beer because they sprayed super soakers full of beer out into the crowd. And my dad was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> You're a kid. Why do you smell like beer?" I was like, "I swear they they sprayed us with squirt guns." And he was like, "It doesn't sound real." I was like, "I promise." He's like, "Yeah, a you likely a new blink." But uh, so after that, like it was a few years. And then the first show I went to again with a friend of mine was in, I think, 2005. Um, We went to see Jack's Mannequin, uh, Copeland, Daphne Loves Derby, and The Hush Sound. And then it was after that that I was just like constantly, constantly going to shows. And I had just, no one I went to see ever really came through with Saves the Day. And then the first time I saw them was with Bayside, it was Bayside, Saves the Day, I'm the Avalanche, and Transit oh yeah i do oh transit and, nice yeah. yeah and i just 40. like i fell in love There's with like own. day. daybreak is my favorite saves album because that's the one that was like coming out when i like got into them oh wow yeah that makes sense i,
1: I, but mean, yeah, my no. favorite, I mean i mean like the big three are through being cool stay what you are and in reverie that's like those are the big three for sure daybreak's great too um was under the boards a record or a song? It's a record. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Like after um, I get my memory, just I can only fit so many things into my brain, but I, yeah, I think that I think under the boards was the record after in Reverie, if I'm not mistaken, and then Daybreak maybe something like that, and then I Sound the Alarms in there somewhere. Oh yeah, oh my Sound the Alarm! I knew I was forgetting something. Uh, that might have been actually the one that was after in Reverie, but anyway. I am through being cool is one of my top records all time. And then unpopular opinion. I've always loved in reverie more than stay what you are. Um, But I, people have seemed to come around to that in recent years, but like at for, for a long time, like people I've, I've been yelled at for saying that I like in reverie more than stay what you are. I love stay what you are too, but yeah, saves the day, man. What an important, what a special band they they have always crushed it live. Um just one of the best bands uh, to and most impactful bands to really exist. Like when I was watching them at when we were young, I was just thinking, like, this is like maybe the best band here. Like, maybe, you know.
0: They're like I mean, a band, band One too. man's
1: opinion. Yeah, I mean, but there's so much more that like Hot Rod Circuit is a band's band. Piebald is a band's band. Saves the Day absolutely is. But I think, I guess it maybe depends on your definition of that term, but I think a band's band is usually a band like a piebald or a hot rod circuit that every band, like, loves. Like, if you know, you know. Kind of going back to your question, like, which band is, like, your band, like, my band, you know, that I felt was, like, mine, my special thing. Uh, And it's usually a band that didn't necessarily get their due. Same thing in comedy. It's, like, a comics comic, they call it, and it's usually – I don't know, like Doug Stanhope or, you know, or like Mark Marin used to be before he blew up, but now he's, like, super popular, which is great. But I don't know. Are we still on that other question? I don't even know yeah. if I gave you. I think, I mean, my answer is obvious, and it, it would be Piebald. That would be my final answer uh, because I went to summer camp, and I had friends who were listening to them. But it was, like, their older brothers. But no one, like, I knew, like, outside of summer camp, like, really knew them. Well, that's not entirely true, but... Um, I don't know. I just... I guess I've always just felt like I was just saying. Like, that band never got their due. And if I wear a piebald shirt and someone actually, like, recognize... They're like... Like, I I remember actually a couple of years ago I was at Disney World and I had my piebald um, skull and crossbones shirt. And some dude at, like, you know... I don't know where we were. <laughs> the rock and roller coaster or whatever it was just like, nice shirt, brother. Nice shirt. And I was like, my man. He's like, I want to stay and talk to you right now, but I got to go. But piebald fucking rules. And I was just like, but like, that's how stoked people get. Like, those who know, it's almost like a secret club. But right. that's not necessarily, it, it's great for the band, but it's not necessarily the best thing either. You know, it's like everyone. I want everyone to feel that way about that. Yeah. I want them to 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 get everything they and deserve. And
0: I think what I kind of meant by bands band was like, like most of the people you talk to in other bands, all love saves the day for whatever reason, and everyone takes yeah. different things from them, and you can find little parts of inspiration from that band in so many different bands.
1: You're right. That's a that was a great definition. That you're absolutely right. Everyone, that's why they're so special And that's why like, when I'm watching I'm like this is like the best Or most important band here maybe I mean you know, you have Blink and Green Day of course But like I don't know I think
0: every I band think there loves Saves Day It like, feels no like way. Saves the Day Yeah Was important for the bands that didn't get those huge breaks Like Blink and Green Day did
1: But, yeah, they, but they showed were, that
0: you can still have a big career Without having the I don't, for lack of a better term, superficial stuff like the giant constant arena tours and things like that.
1: But well, I mean they've done that too, like as like on the tour that you're talking about. But um, they're for everyone too because Tom DeLong was watching Saves the Day at when we were right. young, side stage one of the nights. So it they're every like yeah, the band fucking rules, man. They're they're like the perfect. Like, maybe an important bridge, also between like, hardcore and fucking like. You know, like emo, pop punk, like all this other stuff, because they were touring with Bane back in the day before they blew up, so they're touring with these hardcore bands, because you know what is it? Can't slow down. The first record, it's more like punk, you know. Yeah. Uh, So, but they were just doing this like special thing that no one had sound like them before. They were definitely like a breakthrough band. I mean, Dashboard Confessional, like what he was doing was really fucking punk rock. He's like opening up for like H2O in the movie Life and Newfound Glory and like hardcore bands back in the day and like literally people throwing quarters at him. You know, like while wow, like like, imagine being up there doing this thing, playing these hardcore shows, playing an acoustic guitar and like people like throwing quarters at, that are like pelting off your fucking guitar or like hitting you in the face and shit like he's that's more
0: punk than anything on
1: the show so punk the front bottoms are fucking punk man What that that band is so special oh my god they're so there's no band like them in my opinion you know um so and you've
0: so you've been on the road with them too and so that's a question i have that i'm curious about with transitioning from like the corporate lifestyle to this what i'm only assuming is a more sporadic one so when you started doing things like that on the road, when you are at a regular job, right, there's someone that trains you until you're adequate enough to do it on your own and then you go. What is it like jumping into that? Is there someone showing you the ropes, or is it just kind of here you go, dude figure it out? That's a great question that no one's ever asked me
1: before, man. It's a great one, Anthony. Uh, I guess there's a lot to it like so you know, when I was selling merch for Piebald initially, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And it doesn't sound complicated at the surface. It's just selling shirts. like, And I worked in restaurants my whole life and at the time was still overseeing 60-something Panera Breads and just touring, like, taking my vacation when Piebald would do, like, tours at Mr. Small's Theater or whatever. And, like... But now, like, there's, like, actually a very systematic and like kind of like right way to do it. Um, But I guess it depends on the part, like particular job. For example, like when Piebald promoted me to tour manager, had I ever been a tour manager before? No, but like a lot of the skills that I had in my previous life managing restaurants and all these Pantera breads, like a lot of the same skills certainly apply being a great communicator and just like emailing and like being being good at that and like checking your emails and following up and knowing how to like talk to people in those messages if you know what I mean and just like being a good communicator a great communicator and being organized uh as far as like you know booking hotels and like booking the van and picking up the van and like all this stuff no one really showed me how to do that I just did it and found my own system but there were definitely a lot of things along the way, like Piebald. Those guys are so fucking legendary, been around for so long, and are so efficient that they don't need a tour manager. Like they can, they are very self sufficient. Is it self? What's the word there?
0: Sufficient sounds good to yeah. me, <laughs>
1: dude. Like they, they're, they're so pro. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, but like having they like having a tour manager obviously because then they don't have there's a lot that they don't have to deal with, but like you know they well all right even though I'm tour managing them they're teaching me they were te- they still teach me but at first like the first time I was tour manager was for that f- a full U.S. tour with Dashboard Confessional big promotion like <laughs> you know like uh, so there was a lot that I didn't know just like going into these big venues. Like, well, I remember the first show with dashboard, the house of blues in Dallas, which is like a mass, maybe the biggest house of blues. It's really big. And just like trying to figure out how, you know, to navigate, uh, behind like backstage in a venue, like which you could still get lost in a venue, but like just knowing how like a theater works, You know what I mean like oh like that room's probably up there like you just kind of like like now when I walk into a venue I can figure out the I already know the general layout just by being in other venues you know if that makes sense but like a lot of the stuff I just kind of learned on the spot um I will say like dashboards tour manager this guy what a legend man his name's Jack Funk first of all this is like what a name sounds like an 80s wrestler Dude I, I this guy fucks. this guy was the best like he tour managed rush for like ten years like there's a rumor that he was that he like dated Stevie Nicks or something I don't know if that's true or not uh but I do know uh Chris Caraba told me he was like um like helping Bob Marley build like hammocks or put up hammocks in his bus back in the day like this guy is led like of course, like Caraba's gonna obviously surround himself he's gonna obviously hire the best of the best right so but i just i just admired respected and loved this guy the day i met him so i really tried to like i would go to him daily I'd be like hello mr funk you know and just kind of try to like absorb just uh, you know observe him and absorb like stuff from him and i would ask him for advice um and now um one second Excuse me. So now, fast forward. Um, so I Tour Managing Piebald, doing merch and stuff. Since I branched out a couple of years ago and started working with these other bands, I, you know, to I'm not going to go, like, and just get a Tour Manager gig or even a merch gig. It's really hard to get just going from, like, one band, like Piebald, especially these bigger bands, you know. So I started out driving box trucks, which I still do. Um, but, like... My tour manager i call him the doctor his name is matt wilson i call him dr wilson because this guy is just like he has a solution to everything he sees everything he like always fixes everything he's unbelievable and uh so he's the tour manager and he also does front of house sound for the front bottoms for thrice for bayside for he's he's done it for motion city soundtrack he worked um, with Say Anything. It was Max Bemis' manager for years. He's toured with Saves a Day and Jimmy Eat World. He knows everyone. Great guy to know, like, if you're me, you know. But I met him on the Bayside tour uh, last year with Bayside. I am the Avalanche and Coyo. I was just driving. I drove truck. up
0: to Cleveland for that. Oh, was I at that show?
1: That when was on the
0: second leg. We played Cincinnati. They did oh, it at the was second it over the leg. Which, yeah, it was at the House of Blues in Cleveland. Okay.
1: I missed that. That was right before I went out with the front bottoms. I wanted to go on that run so bad, but
0: base I didn't I, need a truck. But okay. But I remember like, being like half distracted when Koyo was playing, cause I'm looking to the side of the stage and Eddie Reyes was just chilling there. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in Ohio. That's right. Yeah, Eddie's Eddie's the man. Um, and Koyo, fucking
1: love them, love them. They're they're doing it right now, man. But anyway, like, I guess going back to your question, I. I have become good friends with Matt Wilson and I just really, I admire him and I respect him so much. I like, he is the best. He's very good to me. Like he, he gives me work. Like he, when I worked for Bayside, he liked me. So he's like, I want to lock you in for the front bottoms the rest of the year. He's like, okay. And you know, an hour before he called me about that, I had just accepted a, a job doing merch for Unearth, which they're from like my hometown. And I had been nagging Unearth for like at least a year to like give me a shot. Like when are you gonna let me tour with you, you know? And then they finally like offered me a gig. I said yes. Not even an hour later I got the call for the front bottoms. Much bigger budget. The Unearth guys were cool about it, but it sucked to have to like turn around right after, you know what I mean? Yeah. After saying saying yes and after nagging them. But they were just like, dude, I mean like like on earth it's not playing like red rocks and shit like you know what i mean so i just wish i could do both because i i and it's not a bad problem to have like well some people can't get any gigs so it's not a complaint but uh yeah i just really try to stick with him or not just him but just anybody who like i've i've attached myself to a couple different merch people who I really, I like how they operate and, and have, you know, adapted or adopted their systems and just kind of like made it my own, stuff like that. Just like anything in life, you know, you just like find someone who you can learn from and who is willing to like, who also likes you and is, like wants to like help you. And um, yeah, I just like to pick people's brains who are, who have, who i really admire and i admire jack funk i admire dr wilson (laughs) my current boss and yeah i think that's maybe a good answer right
0: oh absolutely 100 percent so rolling off of that too with like being on the road and doing these different things are you do you have a setup now where you can record your show when you're on the road is that way more difficult than doing it obviously when you're at home Another good question. I just got a, a whole new setup. Like,
1: So what you see now is just a USB mic in my laptop, basically, and like a cheap Amazon um, mic boom thingy that clamps to the table. Pretty easy, though. USB mic, you just plug it into the laptop. But on the road, yeah, I kind of went through like the – I learned the hard way, and I bought some stuff that I ended up returning and went through a whole – Thing, but I'm very happy with my setup now. I'd be happy to like give you the rundown if you want. Um, I actually bought it for... Well, I had always known at some point I was going to need a proper setup because I go to Furnace Fest every year, and I always wanted to like walk around and get interviews like on the go. So
0: that's what I was actually... A question I wanted to ask you, how you do that, because... I'm gonna be doing that at a different festival in this summer, and I'm like I haven't done that before. It will be my first time recording like not at home with my Wi-Fi. So I'm like I gotta okay. figure out how to get that done, dude. I got you built. So, uh getting back to that, um, talking about recording in a, like a live setting and things like that. We can talk tech stuff after real quick. But what I do want to ask you just to get some stuff for the show here, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit but um one question as i'm sure if you've listened to any episodes you know i like to ask everybody that comes on uh when i started before i did the show i was kind of hesitant to do it i was like will anybody listen will anybody care what's what's the point of doing it kind of you know what i mean but then i just had that moment where i was like you know what screw it i don't care if one person listens if it's just my mom checks it out or my wife checks it out that's good enough for me but i mean i've already gotten tenfold way more back doing it than I thought I ever would and there's a lot of people out there that are similar where they're kind of like they want to do something creative whether it be music a podcast write a book do whatever start painting that don't do it and they don't take that step so you I think would have a really unique perspective of this coming from where you came from and doing what you do now what's a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that wants to take that step that hasn't yet
1: did you steal my question? You kind of did. It's okay, because I I'm not the first one who ever asked it either, or maybe not. Did that was that rude? You know what I mean. So I used, I used to always that's... ask the same
0: exact question at the end of my podcast, but I'm not I'm not unique. So what's funny? And honestly, might have been subconsciously where I heard it, but then what I tried to do was there's another podcast that I listened to called The Movie Crypt. Um, it's Adam Green and Joe Lynch, two filmmakers, and they always ask like an anchor question. It's a little different than that. And uh, yeah. I was like, you know what? I really like that. What's something I can do with this? Because I related it to me doing the show. So I was like, well, that kind of goes hand in hand with that. But, you know, great minds think alike. <laughs> I I think I came off the wrong way. Steel is the wrong word, first of all. Because
1: it doesn't. I don't own it, you know. I don't. So, and I, I do remember hearing that on your show. I, the one I listened to today, I didn't get all the way through because I was busy. But... I remember thinking like oh okay and I actually remember even thinking because it was right after we were talking about me first coming on here that I don't even know if I'm like he's probably gonna ask me this and I've been asking people this for a long time but I don't even know how to answer it myself I remember thinking that Um, so I'll do my best but um, so what was the core what was the end bar of the question exactly? So like if I could give
0: advice to someone to any, Anyone who wants to do something in any type of creative space that just hasn't is afraid to take that leap to do it, is like hesitant to do it, what advice would you give them to just go okay. for it?
1: Okay. Okay, you know what? You did put a unique spin on it and I actually like it maybe maybe more. But um you definitely got to do it. I think you need to follow your heart. If there's something that you really want to do, then you should try it because you could live your whole life. And it's so easy to get caught up in like work and especially if you got like a spouse or kids or, you know, it's like, I understand like life goes by and there are priorities, right? But you have to make time for yourself. Otherwise, like you, you're going to go crazy. Everyone needs that outlet, I think. And also I think it's easy. People are, people oftentimes lean on like their excuses because they're afraid to like step out of their comfort zone or they're not familiar. It's, It's just really easy to get comfortable, right? And not. And just, like, stay in that. Right? Who doesn't like to be comfortable? It's, like, the best. You know? We need that. But um, I think you just got to do it. Like, uh, mm, not that I support, like, Nike or the corporate bullshit, but their slogan, just do it. Like, you know, it really, there is something to that. And, um, you know, whether it's a creative outlet or not, like, if you want to be a, I don't know fucking podcaster like you can literally do it on your phone that was how i started i i it's my show started as a travel log i was in europe and my homie was just like i was going over there for like i went over there for four months when i left my corporate job and my homie was just like yo you know this is app you can download it and like do a podcast from your phone you don't even you don't need a microphone or anything He's like, you should do that while you're in Europe. It would be a cool way to like, keep in touch with people. And I was like, he's like, you'd probably be pretty good at it. I was like, Hmm. And I like, I did, I I downloaded the app, went to Europe and like every other day, I was just like talking about whatever was going on at the time for me in Europe. And then when I got home, I was just like, I want to keep doing a podcast, you know? that's when i came up with like two week notice and i didn't know what the fuck i was doing dude when i started i had a field recorder it was a zoom h1n i was using that or my phone and i would just sit next to someone and use that as the microphone and that's not the right way to do it but you know what i did it and i just kept going with it and you learn along the way and like going full circle to like earlier in in our conversation Anthony but like I would hit up other podcasters and be like what do you do like what do you use for equipment just like you did with me so maybe I'm going off the rails to answer your question but I think you know if there's something you really want to try whether it's art or anything in life as long as you know you're not going to like hurt anybody or hurt yourself uh I think you gotta just try it and otherwise you'll never know and worse what's the worst that's gonna happen I mean unless you're like trying to learn how to skydive and like you don't learn the basics of how to like strap on a parachute like don't do that but you know what I'm trying to say (laughs) like you know like the worst that's gonna happen is you don't like it and it's not for you like I didn't get into snowboarding until I was 23 and I only got into it. Cause I was in love with a woman who was like wicked into it. And that, like that changed my life and I almost didn't, I still remember the weekend I went up with, I almost didn't go. I was like, eh, I don't want to try, I don't want to try that. And then I, but I did it and I was out of my comfort zone and it hurt and I, it sucked, like it was really hard to learn, but now it's like the best thing that I have in my life. Same with the podcast. Um, or, or fucking going to shows, like showing up with a cowbell and piebald actually like, what was the worst at that? So when I, how I started with piebald, right. I showed up with a cowbell to their sound check one day in 2016. And I, I almost didn't do it cause I was so nervous. I was like, this is like weird. Right. It, like it's going to be embarrassing. Like it, it is embarrassing or just like, like who does that? It like, who has the balls to like, they're not going to. Like me, like, you know what I mean? I was so nervous, but I did it anyway, and it changed my life. And now I like think, like, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now if it weren't for that. I wouldn't be, who knows where I'd be? I wouldn't be doing a podcast. Like, my whole life changed because of that moment. But there was something in my gut. I just wanted to play the fucking cowbell so bad for piebald more than anything but I almost didn't do it because I was afraid of what they would think or what people would think. I, I, was, I was making all the excuses in the world to not do it. Oh man, like, well, it's gonna take up, room in my suitcase. I need to put my clothes in there or like, you know, whatever reason to not do it, but I did it. And what was the worst that would've happened? They would've just been like, oh no, you can't do that. But you know what, I still would've went to the shows. It would've been awesome so i don't know if that answers it or if that's advice no
0: absolutely and like every time i ask this question i i just lay out and listen and i there's always one little thing at least that i pick from and like it's a little like light bulb for me and it was when you said about your friend telling you oh you would be good at this i think that's something that people should listen to more when you have those people in your life telling you things like that like got a friend who does stand-up comedy and we're always like telling him like people tell him oh you're hilarious but you should do stand-up and you know you hear things like that and you're like that seems like just such an unattainable thing well who how do you do stand-up you know what i mean i'm just i just crack yeah. the jokes with my buddies but now he's killing it he's doing that and he's doing his thing awesome. i think you should listen to that a little bit more you know that that's a great example uh i
1: always wanted to try an open mic for years and um one time I had to do this presentation. This was right before I quit Panera, actually. I had to do this presentation in front of like a 100 people. It was like all the GMs and the district managers and the owners. And I had spoken in front of the group, in other groups, many times. like, But uh, without getting like too deep into the story, there were things that led to me um, executing this presentation that I worked really hard on. My boss kind of just tore it apart during a practice session and just like told me i like couldn't say any it was like a whole fucking thing so by the time i got up there i was so like i was dude i bombed so like movie level bombing as far as like worst nightmare public speaking scenario like i was physically just trembling in front of a hundred plus people that I've known for some, some that I had never met, but a lot of them I had been working with for like 10 years. I don't know which is more embarrassing, you know, but like, uh, I was shaking so badly. I remember like I had the microphone in my right hand and I just like couldn't physically hold it. I was shaking so badly. So I just like tried to move it to my left hand thinking that that wouldn't shake as much. And then like there were people, cause, because I was shaking so badly, I couldn't. I wasn't even speaking into the microphone half the time because it was like, it was like very very bad, dude. And then people in the in the back were like, "Speak up, speaking the mic, we can't hear you." And they couldn't hear me because I was shaking, which just made me more nervous. It was the whole thing, dude. Somehow I got through it, but this was the opening of like a three-hour meeting, and I literally like, I handed the mic off to the next person, and I walked out the door, which was like right, everyone could see me, and I just didn't come back to the meeting, <laughs> like. Be, and like nobody ever even brought it up to me ever it was that bad because you know what i mean like my boss didn't give me shit for leaving the meeting nothing i was supposed to be there for hours you know but it was that bad but that night so i called my friend who does stand-up comedy and i'm like who's he'll appreciate this story a good bombing right because <laughs> i've seen him bomb on stage not that bad And he was like crying, laughing, which made me feel better. We're crying, laughing on the phone. He's like, "I'm actually doing an open mic tonight. You want to come?" And I went, and I actually I did it. Stand up, like five minute set, that night just to overcome that fear. That like is like, which is kind of crazy, right? After like bombing, bombing that bad. I got a couple laughs. I just told like stories about my parents, and I had always wanted to try the stand up comedy thing. But I'm probably not gonna do it again. I don't need to do it again. But I did it, right? So that just goes to, like, what I was saying, like, just try it. If it's not for you, cool. But at least you tried it. and it, But it might be for you. I, I think the moral of, like, what... And, and the advice thing for me to really sum it up is, like, if there's something in your gut that's really screaming at you, whether it's to quit a job <laughs> or to try... A new hobby, or to go skydiving, or to start a podcast. If something is just stream that, you just do it. Just do it. Like you should probably follow that, if it's if you can afford it and if it's like reasonable. You know what I mean? You know, just do it. You got to try different things. It's it's not gonna. It's only gonna make you more well-rounded. I think people just get stuck in their ways, which. I don't know. Sometimes it's not good.
0: Right. And then it's like... i babbling. You can stop And me. you try to start doing... Like, if you try something that you think you want to do and it doesn't pan out, that's okay. And it might also lead you into something else. Like, I mean, I tried the whole band thing, like, years ago. You know what I mean? And I was a bit younger. Right? Me and some friends, we, we had a band, right? Did the whole thing. And, like, that came to an end. And I was like, you know, that was... A fun little moment in time, but that definitely is not for me, and then yeah. like time goes by, and i'm I'm still passionate about music and shows and things like that, so and then this is just what it's come into now, and that's fine
1: same here, man hundred percent like i I played drums when I was a kid, like not you know if I committed, I would have been like if I committed harder, committed more, I would have been better like I took a couple lessons, and I was like, I don't want to take lessons anymore, and I just never like did it properly. But I'm also like I'm not a musician Um, And that's okay But I learned enough to be able to play the fucking cowbell And look how that changed my life And also, but same as you Like, you know, I'm not a musician But, you know, I'm more passionate about music Than anything else in the world And that's why, like I'll drive a box truck for thrice I'll sell merch for the fucking front bottoms Are you kidding me? I'll play the cowbell for Piebald or do their Instagram or, you know, I'll go out with Hot Rod Circuit. Like, what an honor all these things are. And so, and there are so many different, you know, jobs, like in anything. Like, say you wanted to be an actor, but you realize, you know what, you suck at it or it's not for you. Well, guess what? Like, you can work on film. You can work on the sets. You can, like, be a runner. Like, this is just a million. Um, ways to be a part of it. I think what you said is really important. I think if you just show up in life to things and try different things, be good to people, work really hard, be honest, you can't go wrong and good things are going to happen. If you work re- work really hard, be honest, be good to other people, and give when you can. Like, Just like, you know, if you can give you should give beautiful in general in general
0: love it <laughs> so that's a we'll wrap up the show here i talked to you uh offline here about a couple things but thank you so yeah. much for doing the show from Thanks the bottom of my heart i appreciate it Dude. is there anything you want to plug here at the end and check out the show everybody check out two week notice podcast keep it up with dana see all the fun things he's doing on the road with all these different great bands Thanks,
1: brother. Anthony, it's been really cool
0: talking to you. If anyone's actually still listening,
1: <laughs> uh, sorry I took you off the rails there, but from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough for listening to my show. I, and it's so cool that you go all the way back to when I talked to Jack. That was like two years ago, you know, it was three years ago, I, whatever it was. Thank you. It means the world. It means more to me than you know. And thanks for having me. I'll like... We're homies now. You can hit me up whenever. I'm happy to talk to you offline about tech stuff or just hit me up anytime, man.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much. Two weeks podcast.
1: Follow me on Instagram or listen to the podcast. Do it. Or uh, go see Brian Sella solo in March and Bayside in April. I don't know. Hell yeah! That's a bad plug. Whatever. (laughs) I'm good. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you. Come out.